Hello, welcome back to another episode of Nobody Is Doing It Right, the podcast for those who aren't certain. My name is Kat. I am your host. I am a digital creator and self-awareness guide. I offer one-to-one sessions for anybody that's interested in working with me to explore these topics in more detail. Um, I'm also hosting a journaling workshop on March 29th for anyone who wants to learn how to journal in the way that I do, which I consider more investigative journaling, really getting clear and understanding exactly what's going on in our minds and sifting through those thoughts and coming to the conclusions that we need to just make, you know, make change, make some positive change that makes us feel a bit better. So if you're interested in that, all the info and links are going to be in the description of this episode. So for today's episode, we're going to talk about something that a lot of people seem very interested to to hear about. Um, These topics are the ones that do the best in my TikTok videos. So I figured it's time to bring it over to my podcast. I don't talk about this enough on here, but we're going to talk about attachment styles today, particularly the avoidant attachment style. Now, I'm a fearful avoidant. I oscillate between both sides of the spectrum. I can be anxious. I can be avoidant. I experience both. So I can see things from all sides of it. And when I look at it objectively, when I've learned about my attachment style and learned how to look at it objectively and understand why I do the things I do, it makes it so much easier for me to see other people's attachment styles and understand them as well. Now, obviously, everybody's different. Everybody responds to things differently. We're talking about avoidant attachment today, not necessarily dismissive avoidant or fearful avoidant, because there's differences in those two, right? But what we're going to talk about today is the avoidance needs to decide how a relationship is going to be, right? To decide for others what's going to happen in the relationship. And there are a few main points that I kind of want to touch on when it comes to this, because I think it's very, it's really important. I want to make it clear for anybody who has dealt with someone who's avoidant and doesn't understand why they're doing it and they maybe like are really upset and really resentful towards an avoidant for doing this. I want to say that for the most part, again, I can't speak for every single person, but for the most part, avoidants don't realize that they're doing this. They are doing it out of the fear of being rejected, abandoned, alone. They're doing it as a way to feel safe and in control. And it's not necessarily a malicious thing, right? Because I feel like sometimes people will conflate um, narcissism and avoidant attachment. They're not the same, right? You can be an avoidant attached person and also a narcissist, but they can be mutually exclusive as well. You can be an avoidantly attached person and not narcissistic, right? Um, Or at least not be like a full-blown narcissist. I think we all have narcissistic tendencies, of course. But yes, so those two are different. And I want to explain from the perspective of somebody who you know, is not in that headspace and is just like a regular person who struggles with these fears and insecurities that were conditioned in me as a child and offer some insight into anybody who is having a hard time understanding why their avoidant partner or their avoidant friend, because it comes up in friendships as well, uh, might be acting this way. So the one thing that avoidance do that I want to say for any avoidance who are listening to, like this is for you just as much as it is for anybody else to understand you, but you have to start deciding on whether or not somebody wants to be with you, right? And avoidance will often do this thing where they say, you know, you're, you're too good for me. I'm not good enough for you. They'll pull away. They'll they'll say, like, I can't give you what you're looking for. All that stuff, while some people might interpret that as, oh, the avoidant is just lying. They're just, they are just trying to get away with, you know, not not really wanting me and they're just not, they don't want to admit it. it it's, it's not that. Like, it, it, maybe for some people, again, but we're talking here about strictly when it happens to avoidantly attach me. Like this is part of your avoidant attachment, right? Not any other aspect to it. What this is, is 
them trying to predict or decide if things will work out as a way to feel in control because losing control is very scary. And pulling away from people helps to maintain this level of control and, and safety. So if they feel like they're getting too close to somebody, things are getting too vulnerable, too intimate, all these fears of who they are and their awfulness and their wretchedness come up to the surface and feel like, like if this person gets any closer to me and they see my truth, they're going to hate me because I feel awful. I feel wretched. I don't feel good enough, you know, probably because they've been taught to think that way about themselves growing up. I don't feel worthy of connection, all that stuff. They're going to abandon me anyway. They're going to reject me anyway. So I might as well leave. I might as well save them the disappointment and just go. But ultimately, you can't read someone's mind. If you are the avoidant, you can't read another person's mind. And that is a fear-based response, right? It's just you deciding preemptively that I'm 100% going to get rejected and abandoned. So I might as well just leave now to avoid the pain of that. And also to avoid disappointing that person. But... If you are scared of disappointing people and you pull away to to prevent them from feeling disappointed by you, you're doing them a disservice regardless, right? Because you have to allow them to decide if they want to be disappointed by you. And I know there's probably a lot of anxious people right now listening to this or even secure people, right? Who are like, yeah, of course, you have to let us decide if we want to be with you or not. Don't just decide for us. like, Because ultimately, that decision to pull away or to end things or whatever affects both people. The avoidant, though, is seeing it from the perspective of, I'm saving them the trouble. I'm, I'm trying to save them any pain and suffering that I think I will give them because of how awful I am, because of how not good enough I am. Right? So they, they feel like it's a good thing that they're doing that. But ultimately, you know, it's not because it still hurts, right? It hurts in a different way. So this is just the perspective for the avoidant to realize and for the anxious person to understand that it's not coming from necessarily a malicious place. It's coming from a place of feeling like they're doing the right thing. For the avoidant, you know, it might feel like the better option to end things because you feel like you won't live up to this person's ex expectations and you'll end up just hurting them ultimately. But again, pulling them away will just hurt them anyway. So you're, you're not avoiding anything, actually. You're just hurting the person and you're also then stopping yourself from experiencing the intimacy and connection that you actually want. Because avoidant people, especially fearful avoidant people, but even dismissive avoidant people want connection and love. Of course we, we do, right? We're humans. We need that. They want it. They want the intimacy. They want to experience all of that, but they fear it at the same time. So they are kind of one foot in, one foot out. They want to experience that they, they're fearful of it. When things trigger their fear, they pull away. They think that they're doing the right thing for all people, but they're not because you know, you're just holding yourself back from experiencing exactly what you want to experience. So you're hurting the other person by abandoning them because you fear they'll abandon you. But then ultimately what you're doing is abandoning yourself because you're not letting yourself experience the, the love and intimacy that you want, right? So it's like, it's a lose-lose and it's a self-fulfilling prophecy. And yeah, that's why you'll find a fearful avoidance or an avoidant person in general say to you, if you are more anxious or even secure, you know, I, I can't live up to the idea you have of you of me in your head. I can't live up to that. I can't. They're they're sometimes projecting what they think you think of them. Now, obviously, there is also the other side of things where sometimes an anxious person will project this idea onto the avoidant person without really seeing them, and the avoidant will uh, respond to that by pulling away. So that, that's a different thing. We'll talk about that in another episode. But in this scenario, this is why they feel that way. They feel like I can't live up to what they think that this person deserves. Ultimately, like. I've even made another video about this where they know what you deserve. They know you deserve 
someone great because you're great, right? And they don't feel like they're that person. They feel awful. They feel wretched. That's, and it's sad. It is very sad to see it that way. And I'm not trying to like justify the behavior of avoidance, especially those who pull away or push people away without explanation. No, that's wrong. That's not good. Uh, I'm just trying to give a perspective on it so that you can better understand what's going on there and to not see it as something that like means that they hate you or that you're awful. It's it's really a them thing. Like they're struggling a lot. And if they don't do the work, if they don't put in the time to to work on this and sort through it, it's going to just keep repeating. But some some of us do put the time in, right? I'm an example of that. I've put the time and the effort to learn about this stuff so that I can see it more objectively and recognize when it comes up. So not all of us are doing this mindlessly and just out and about trying to hurt people. Like, no, there are some of us who are actually trying to fix it. And so I want to just say this to be, you know, a voice of hopefulness for anybody who feels this way towards avoidant people. But ultimately, if you are the avoidant, then what you have to do is allow the vulnerability of letting things unfold and allowing yourself to be surprised about whether or not someone actually does want to be with you. They might ultimately want to experience the messiness and awfulness that you think you have, right? You have to let yourself be surprised by that. You're deciding preemptively whether or not this person wants to be with you if they want to experience all the messiness that you think you have. You're not letting yourself actually see if that's true or not, right? And most people who want to be in genuine relationships want to experience all that stuff too, right? Because all relationships are messy. Nothing's perfect. And that also leads to the perfectionism that avoidance struggle with. Fearful avoidance or dismissive avoidance have this deep need to be perfect because they feel like if they're not perfect, they'll be abandoned and rejected. So they feel like, okay, since I'm not perfect, I can't give this person a perfect relationship. Therefore, they won't want it. So therefore, I'm just going to pull away because it'll save us all the trouble, you know. But someone who wants to be in a genuine relationship understands, hopefully, not everybody, but most people, I hope, understand that relationships are messy. They're not going to be perfect. There are going to be struggles that you will have to work through. And that's the one component that the avoidant is so scared of experiencing because they feel like they will let people down and they don't want to let people down. They don't want to face that discomfort for themselves and for the other person that they care about potentially, right? So that's that's what you need to do if you are the avoidant. You have to risk that vulnerability. You have to let yourself see whether or not this person actually wants to be there or not. Because otherwise you won't get to experience what you truly want and you won't get to do it with people that actually want you there. Because if you are an avoidant and you stay in these surface level connections, you're just going to attract people who only want surface level connections. And then that'll just validate the belief in you that, oh yeah, nobody wants to get to know me deeply. Nobody wants to see me. It's like, because you're not allowing the right people to see you and you're only attracting people that don't want to see you. Right? Again, a self-fulfilling prophecy. So... I hope this was helpful. I hope this was insightful for anybody who is an avoidant or anybody who has dealt with an avoidant or is dating an avoidant. I hope this offered some insight into why we act the way we act and how not everybody's doing it maliciously. I don't want anyone to think that it's because of them that I'm the problem. That's why the avoidant is treating me like this. I'm not good enough. It's like, no, most of the time it's because they don't think they are good enough. And it just comes off the opposite way. So I hope this helped. Um, I hope this was beneficial. Again, if you want to talk about this in more detail, if you are the avoidant or you're dealing with an avoidant, we can work one-to-one -one together and discuss these things and gain more insight. And again, I have that journaling workshop where we can sit and journal about this stuff together and go through it, especially perfectionism, because that's the topic of the first journaling workshop that I'm doing. Perfectionism is a big thing for avoidance. So if you're interested in that, feel free to find all the information on my website. And I'll be back again soon with another episode.